0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Good morning and welcome to worship. Sometimes loving someone means being willing to have a difficult conversation with them. Today, the Lord calls on us to be our brother or sister's keeper, to go and encourage them and to love them when they're caught up in some sin. May He bless us with His word here this morning as we worship Him. Today's Gospel reading and the words of our sermon text this morning, Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 18. Jesus says to us, If your brother sins against you, go and show him his sin, just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have regained your brother. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as an unbeliever or a tax collector. Amen, I tell you. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Through the knowledge of God and of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. My dear family in Christ, there are certain tasks in life that we don't necessarily enjoy, but they're important. Cleaning the house, for instance. It's not something that most people do for the sheer joy of it, but it's still important. Or or maybe preparing meals for the family day in and day out. It's starting to get really old, but you understand that it's necessary for you and for your loved ones to eat. Maybe it's having to spend time and money doing routine maintenance on your vehicle so that it continues to run well. Some tasks aren't all that fun, but they're important. And so it is with what the Lord Jesus is calling on us to do in today's text. Because sin is so eternally dangerous, Jesus here is teaching us what to do when a fellow Christian gets caught up in some sin. I suppose that there are those who might consider these words of Matthew chapter 18 to be the way that we kick people out of church, or the way that we lower the boom on people who are defying God's word and his will. But I'm hoping that we can change that mistaken notion here this morning. Because the fact of the matter is that in these verses, Jesus is showing us a way to show Christian love to a fellow believer. In effect, Jesus in these words is telling each of us, if your fellow believer, if your brother sins, love him. Notice that the Lord begins this section by saying, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his sin just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you've regained your brother. So first of all, we know, just to be clear, that he's not talking about one of your siblings, one of the other kids that your mom gave birth to, When, when the Bible uses that word brother in the New Testament, most often it's shorthand for your fellow Christian, a fellow brother or sister in Christ. So we note that these words are not intended for just anyone who sins. These are steps for how to show love to fellow Christians. And notice secondly that it says that if your brother sins against you, Look, whenever we get close to someone, we're going to find some differences of opinion or some bad habits or some character flaws. We've all got them. But that's not what our Lord is talking about here in our text. He's rather talking about a believer who sins, who does something that is clearly going against God's word and God's will. This is a believer who is committing some sin and persisting in that sin. When your fellow believer persists in some sin, Jesus says, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. Wait, isn't that sticking my nose into someone else's business? And hey, none of us are perfect. So who are we to go and talk to someone else, right? We are all sinners, and that's why we rightly repent of our sins and take them to the cross and turn away from them and strive, with God's help, to never commit that sin ever again. But that's not what the Lord is talking about here. He's rather talking about someone who is continuing in some sin that they've not repented of. And that's a whole different matter. This is someone who says, Look, I understand that the Bible says that this is wrong, that this is not God's will, I know that this is sinful, but I'm going to keep on doing it anyway. That's being impenitent. The Bible clearly teaches over and over that impenitent sinners have heaven closed to them. They're rejecting the very forgiveness that Christ offers them in the gospel. They say, I don't want forgiveness for this sin. I want to continue in it. That, friends, is why we'll be willing to do what may not be easy and to go and show a fellow Christian their fault. It's not because we think that we're better than they are. We aren't. It's not because we think that we'd never commit that sin because we could. We begin by taking the plank out of our own eyes so that we can help that brother or sister with the speck in his or her eye. We go and show them their sin because we love them because we understand the deadly nature of unrepented sin. It's because we don't want them to miss out of heaven. And that's why we'll go to them. To talk to them. To love them. To love them the same way that Christ loved us, right? Look, when, when Jesus saw a world that was lost in sin and headed on the path that leads to hell, he didn't decide to just mind his own business. He didn't shrug his sacred shoulders and say, well, there's not much I'm going to be able to do about it anyway. No, he came and he found us. He saw our lives in all of sin's brokenness. He knew that we were completely powerless to fix ourselves, so he left his home in heaven and with a love that boggles the mind, he stepped in to confront the problem of our sin head on. Allowed himself to be born in the womb of a virgin and 33 years later, he allowed himself to be nailed to the cross to pay in full the penalty that our sins had earned. And then he rose from the dead. And now that precious Savior comes to us through his living word. And he calls us to repentance. And in his gospel message of forgiveness, he brings healing. He brings wholeness. He puts together the brokenness of our lives. That love of Jesus has made its way into your heart. And now your heart beats with the love of Christ. And so now if one of your fellow believers is stuck in some sin, if you see some sin that is taking control in their life, don't avoid them. Don't gossip about them. Don't post about them on social media for crying out loud. Don't look down your nose at them. Go to them and love them. Love them. Sit down with them and talk to them in absolute humility, in a spirit of genuine Christian love and concern with just one goal in mind. The goal that Jesus gives us here is regaining them. Restoring them back to the family of believers. They've strayed. To use God's word to lead them to see the damage that they're doing to their soul and to lead them to put that sin away and to trust in Christ for its forgiveness and to leave that sin behind. That's what the Lord was calling Ezekiel to do in our first lesson this morning, right? To be a watch person for the house of Israel. He calls on us to watch out for each other, to love one another, to be watch people for our fellow believers, to help lead sinners to repentance. You know, Galatians chapter 6 tells us this, brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. your brother sins against you, love him. Love him with the goal of regaining him for Christ. Of course, there's nothing loving about leaving a, a bleeding, dying person to just lay there, right? If you happen upon a person like that, you call 911, you apply pressure to the wound, maybe administer some CPR, but do something There's nothing loving about refusing to address some sin in a fellow Christian's life that's harming their soul. Doesn't matter what the sin is. Maybe they're living in sin, or maybe it's some ungodly addiction, maybe it's some form of immorality, maybe they've stopped worshiping. They're caught up in some kind of a web of telling lies. If your brother or sister in Christ is caught up in some sin, don't just let them struggle and suffer, Jesus says, go, go and love them. And you notice that here in our text, he gives us three steps to follow as we do just that. He says, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his sin just between the two of you. Let's note that carefully. Just between the two of you, with love and in love to help to lead that straying believer back to Christ. Go and show him his sin just between the two of you, Jesus says. He he doesn't ask us to tell someone else and then hope that they'll do something about it or to ignore the sin and hope that it just kind of gets better or goes away. Go and love that fellow Christian. Gently lead them to repentance. Help them to get some help if that's what they need. How often should we go and speak to that fellow Christian about their sin? Well, Jesus doesn't say. But we go and continue to go and gently speak with them and love them and show them Christian concern. You go to them again and again until either that person has been led to repentance or until it's clear that your one-on-one efforts simply aren't working and you need someone else's help. That brings us to the second step. Jesus says, if they won't listen, take one or two others along with you so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Maybe there's just a disconnect between you and this fellow Christian. Maybe that's keeping them from hearing what it is that you're trying to say. Maybe getting another believer or two involved will help to regain them for Christ. And again, you do that because you love that person. And you do that as often as possible until either they repent or it's clear that the next step is needed. That next step, step three, Jesus said, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as an unbeliever or a tax collector. That's what we usually refer to as excommunication. Now, let's be crystal clear about that. That isn't callously kicking someone out of church. It's actually a last-ditch effort, a desperation effort to show someone Christian love. This final step is the church saying to someone, look, we love you. We are concerned at the fact that you aren't repentant because we don't want your soul to perish in hell forever. We urge you to repent. We pray that this step is helping you to see just how serious this sin is so that you repent. And when you do that, rest assured, we will rejoice with the angels in heaven and we will welcome you back with open arms. Sometimes we refer to that third step as the binding key because of what Jesus says in verse 18, he says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Now to understand that, take it in connection with what Jesus said to his disciples on Easter evening in John chapter 20. Verse 23 of John 20, Jesus said, whenever you forgive people's sins, they are forgiven. Whenever you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. It's not that we have the option to refuse to forgive someone else. It's that we can't express forgiveness to that person if they're continuing to hold on to that sin. Jesus is telling us to warn someone who's openly impenitent. Look, we're concerned because now you're bound up in this sin and heaven is locked up to you. Because of your refusal to repent and to leave that sin behind, it's still stuck to you. You're bound up in that sin. Please see the seriousness of this. And repent, so we can proclaim forgiveness, so that heaven can be open to you. And you notice that in verse 17, Jesus tells us to treat an impenitent sinner as an unbeliever or a tax collector. Let's be careful there. What does that mean? This certainly does not mean that now we begin to treat that person rudely. Jesus doesn't mean that we would shun that person and completely ignore them or pretend that they don't even exist. No, if your brother sins against you, love him. Continue to show love to that person, just like Jesus showed love to the unbelievers and the tax collectors in his day. Reaching out to them with the word. Let's continue to reach out and pray for those people so that they can be lovingly called to repentance. A soul lost in sin, being regained For Christ. What could be better than that? Every soul matters. And because our hearts beat with the Savior's love, we want to see every soul in heaven. And that love, friends, and that Christ-like concern will move us to share the passion of our Savior with a straying sinner to go and seek to restore a straying brother or sister in Christ. Will that be easy? No. Will it be well received? Maybe not. Is it going to mean some extra time and work? Yes. But you know what? We live life with one, just one singular goal in mind. That we can persevere in the faith and be standing there at the right hand of Jesus on Judgment Day. And we want that not just for ourselves, but for every sinner, for as many as possible. So friends, let's share our Savior's passion for those who are stuck in some sin and have strayed from the Lord. Let's patiently work with them. Let's talk to them. Let's listen to them. Let's pray for them. And in that way, when one of our brothers or sisters in Christ is caught up in sin, We can do the right thing, the Christ-like thing. We can go and love them. Amen. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Pastor Mark Voss. The Lord always intended for people from all over the world to be gathered into His church. He sent His Son to be the Savior of all, who died for the sins of all. Today, God reminds us that He has taken away not only the wall of sin that once kept us separated from Him, but He has joined us together as members of the church. Our sermon text today is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13-22. through 22. The title of our message is Destroying the Walls of Hostility. May God bless you as you hear and take to heart the truths of his holy word. Our second scripture reading this morning, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. These words will also serve as our sermon text today. Paul writes, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. He made the two groups one, by destroying the wall of hostility that divided them, when he abolished the law of commandments and regulations in his flesh. He did this to create in himself one new person out of the two, in this way, making peace. And he did this to reconcile both to God in one body through the cross, by putting the hostility to death on it. He also came and preached peace, to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So then, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. You have been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him... The whole building is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In Him, you too are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit, the Word of the Lord.